Hello and welcome to Drafting the Dregs. My name is Isaac and uh, this podcast is all things draft EPL. Um, we have only two other people with me tonight. So we've got Gilby and we've got Mick. Um, unfortunately, Dave can't be with us, so he's uh, he's here in spirit. But uh, we will do our best Dave impersonation. Pro- probably not, but you know, we'll see how we get on. Um, well, have you heard the unconfirmed reports that he might have failed a drug test? Look, that wouldn't surprise me, to be fair. That would not surprise me. He's let his team down, hasn't he? Well, I mean, uh, there were rumours of him, like, um, maybe needing some kind of assistance this year to keep up his form of last year. So I'm not going to confirm or deny that he may have been seen using some kind of assistance. Some performance enhancing something or other, hey? Oh. See, wouldn't it surprise me if he tried that last year on the back end of the run home, trying to trying to catch me? There were some questionable transfers, I'll, I'll say that, or some transfer attempts. <laughs> um, so whether or not that was drug assist on either Dave's part or some of the other managers' part, I don't know. But yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Seems shady, seems shady. That's okay. Look, uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week, but uh, we will carry on anyhow. Um, just a reminder of our socials so far. We're just on Twitter. It's the best place to get in contact with us at drafting underscore dregs. Um, and, you know, we try and post up regularly. We try and get feedback and we try and um, retweet some other content creators, um, the good stuff that they're doing as well. So, um, look, there hasn't been any EPL since we last spoke, which is always a little bit, you know, depressing and challenging because we, we enjoy watching and partaking in some EPL. It's it's definitely one of the the uh, the best sort of football that we can get our hands on. But there have been loads of internationals. Um, uh, Australia's playing tonight, so we're trying to get this uh, recorded so we can no doubt watch that. But um, Gilby, I know you've got a bit of information, maybe a bit of information that relates to, um, you know, what's upcoming for some uh, draft fantasy assets potentially as well. But there's been lots of interesting things happen in this particular international window. Uh, what can you what can you shed some light on, Gilby? Well, obviously the main one for everyone uh, was the utter insanity in Brazil. Um, We're in the fourth minute of the match. Uh, Brazilian government health officials uh, more or less invaded the pitch to try and deport four Argentinian players. (laughs) Now, there's a lot more obviously to come with that um, as to whether or not that's going to affect that result or whether they're trying to reschedule it. So there's rumours out there that... um, the Argentinians be forced to quarantine regardless. So I think we already talked about how that's going to affect Buendia and Martinez, probably yeah. the two uh, key ones for our league. Um, and now I'm reading reports that there could be FIFA sanctions for either Argentina or Brazil, um, which may affect some of their internationals. Um, so that's obviously going to be one that we're going to have to follow pretty closely, but that's just utter insanity. But I've seen some photos now of Argentinians on the way home. So... Okay. It may end up working out well for people. Um, the other ones that stood out to me um, was Lukaku, who's Dan's major asset, has um, picked up a minor thigh injury. Ooh. But whether or not it was a strategic one or not, he picked up a yellow card in his last match, and he's actually suspended from the Belarus match anyway. 
So right. he's not playing midweek. So he has a bit of time to recover. So I know lots of people are going to be watching that one as to whether or not Lukaku makes it back in time. Mm. Uh, just, Sancho has been... Sorry, I was going to say, I just brought him into my normal fantasy team. So don't tell <laughs> me that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're saying that they're not having to play Belarus at all, whether he was borderline, it will help you out. So mm. that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, mm. Sancho, who's Dan's asset, uh, he was out of England's games entirely with a minor knock from training but all reports say he should be okay for Newcastle. Uh, Laporte, which is Nate's guy, went off at halftime. Apparently seems to be okay, though. Uh, Havertz, mixed boy, didn't play versus Armenia, and his coach, uh, Hansi Flick, uh, came out and said it was flu symptoms. So whether or not Uh-oh. that's going to be COVID Uh-oh. or not, I don't know. He's got so, the COVID. Yeah, possibly. So uh, he, didn't even, he wasn't even in, on the bench all for the Armenia match, so... That's going to be something to have a watch on. And then if he happens to infect the rest of the German team, um, that probably won't go down well. Um, so we'll see you at that one. Um, and yeah, the only other one I just saw just before, uh, La Celso and um, Ramiro um, are going to apparently be fined by Spurs for leaving without permission to play for Argentina. So really? Well, La yeah, apparently, was yes. one that was, was caught up in, you know, the, the whole yep, the the Long drama. Field. So the poor guy can't even get a game for Tottenham, can't get a game for Argentina, and now is gonna potentially get fined. That's insane. Yep. That's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting one with Spurs. So um mm. as far as results go, the only other ones that stood out to me so far, obviously we've got more midweek matches coming. Uh Italy drew with Switzerland nil all, with Jorginho missing a penalty. Oof. Um Belgium beat the Czech Republic 3-0. Wales beat Belarus 3-2, and Bale scored a hat-trick. Um, Spain beat Georgia 4-0. Germany beat Armenia 6-0, with Werner actually scoring one of those. So he's oh, off the wow. mark this year um, for Dave. Um, England beat Andorra 4-0. Lingard scoring two, Kane with a penalty, and Saka scoring. So it's been the standout to me in the international break. But, um, yeah, the, obviously the main one we'll all be watching is Brazil and Argentina and the drama to come out of that. Yeah, wow. that's No, I, I heard about the drama there. I thought that was absolutely insane. The fact that they couldn't catch up with the team before or after the game and decided to do it during, I think, is absolutely hysterical. Like, given the the rivalry those two teams have, I just think that is beautiful. Oh. That, that whole process regarding the, I guess, Argentinian players. But from what I've read is, sounds like the whole thing was an absolute muzzle because the, the Anvisa, I think it was that I read, turned up, they're the guys that stormed the field, turned up to the Argentinian team hotel after realizing that these guys had said they weren't in England two weeks before, despite the fact that, well, Los Celso would have played for Spurs, Romero maybe not. Um, Buendia obviously played for Villa, Martinez played for Villa. So those guys were definitely there. But then they got to the hotel, realized, oh, crap, they've already gone to the game, tried to get to the game. Sao Paulo, all the traffic's ridiculous, couldn't get there. While that's happening, I think the Argentinian team had been told that this would happen, told Brazilian Football Federation, and the Football Federation actually spoke to Brazilian government and got clearance for it, supposedly. So the players had been cleared by Brazil's government, but then Anvisa turned around and said, no, we don't accept that, and then still stormed the field. So the Brazilian government, Brazilian soccer, have all had it cleared, yet these, this, I guess it's an immigration department, a separate department of the government, turned around and said, no, nah, not good enough for us, we're going to do it anyway. 
Um, but apparently they turned up mid-national anthem. So I think that just would have been a real icing on the cake if they had have just stormed mid-anthem, just set riots off. Why not? Yeah, wow. That, that's just... Oh, I can't even comprehend just how amazing that whole situation is. That's just insane. So good. So good. Oh, right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like, th- this sort of stuff is going to happen more and more, you know, given the current climate. Um, so... You know, we look from an Australian point of view, we can't even host any games here in Australia due to those really strict measures that Australia has. So, you know, I, I think that maybe something needs to be done where those games are played in a more controlled sort of setting. You won't get the, maybe the home and away sort of feel if they're, if they're played in different venues, but it might just mean that at least those games get played and get played safely. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see what, what they decide and what comes out of that. Look, Gilby, that was a fantastic wrap-up. That was awesome. So a few things to consider there for some fantasy assets moving forward. Um, what what we'll do really quickly, Mick, if you could just run us through how our league's looking at the moment. Um, obviously, we, we did talk about that last week, but I just think it's, it's a good idea just to recap that, and then we can go in and talk about maybe some potential waivers that might be might be something to, to look at before, uh, for, for anyone who's playing draft or we might even be able to just give any general fantasy tips as well for potential players who might score some decent points. But Mick, where's our league currently? How's it standing? Like, like you mentioned, we did mention it last week in last week's pod, but um, Gilby's on top, uh, has been all season, still leading from the front despite a poor week last week that we said was coming. So hopefully that continues. He's on, he's on 196, 20 points ahead of yourself. Um, so Isaac on one seventy six, bit of a lead there. Um, what is it? Another forty or thirty seven points down to Jeff at one thirty nine. Dave right behind him on one thirty eight. So really close between those two guys. Um, and then it's really a log jam for the next real, really the bottom four. So Dan and myself tied on one twenty six, twelve behind Dave. Right behind us, Ben's on one twenty five, so a point behind. Um, Nathan on one twenty behind that. So really only six points from fifth to eighth. Um, only 19 points from third to eighth. So that's one round, really. So anyone can change. It's just a matter of, I guess, catching up to you two boys from uh, 196 and 176. So what, 40 to 50 points ahead, or sorry, 70 points to Gilby from myself. So good luck. bit of work to do, but I mean, 35 rounds, two points a round. That's pretty easy, <laughs> right? Look, you'd think so, Mick. Um, I was actually going to, and I didn't, and I should have, I was going to have a look at some of our, our past past years to see sort of how far back people have actually come from the from the the back of the pack how far through the field have they been able to come and at the end of the season have has has someone been able to come from you know this far back this early on it is definitely possible but um i think that the later and later that that gap is still there obviously the more difficult it is but i might even have a look at that really quickly yeah for, for the most of it i think i might have had one of that um, a sheet like that in the spreadsheet, normally the draft position, and it actually shows you a ranking round by round of where everyone's sitting mm. and not really too much change, to be honest. Um, but yeah, just two things I wanted to add to that. I mean, you said uh, plenty of time to catch up, but hey, we built, we I beat Gilby by 15 points that round. So picking up 70 points is only what, five rounds away. So give it to round 12 and I should be well well and truly ahead. He's um, got the confidence so. <laughs> picking up Ronaldo. Look at him go. And then, oh, man, that's not even with Ronaldo yet. Um, <laughs> oh, w- watch him do something in the first game and just get injured or something. But we'll, we'll wait and see. 
Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is, like I said, looking at last year's points when you won yourself, averaged 52 points, I think it was, the entire season. Okay. Um, so really, and, only and two, considering, two people are overdoing that. Yeah, considering that that was with um, captains getting double points yep. and that was with a uh, few... D- I, that's, I did adjust Oh, you adjusted. Okay. I adjusted for cool. that. So 51 points is no captains, no wild cards. Difference is you actually get to keep an entire squad. So you use mm. probably more rotation. So you're probably a little bit higher. So yep. I would say really, Jeff and Dave 140 is probably pretty close to what you'd call average. Yep. Um, so I would still say Dan, myself, Ben and Nathan are a little bit below but new format for us, we're still trying to work out the best way to play. And I think, I know I've already got some new tactics that I want to change for next year when I do my draft, particularly. Um, trying you to, had I guess, tactics? Probably, I didn't really at the start, no. <laughs> but I'm thinking maybe I should have done this, should have done that, change it a little bit. But hey. You're not willing to give us year. anything? You're not will- willing to give us a little? Oh, my, I think I might have even said it to you before, but obviously with the... Um, strict squads here and the formations of it. So two keepers, three forwards, five defenders, five mids, Um, probably more so keeping a case of, okay, well, let's go hard for four, four defenders, four mids, two forwards, and then leave that last spot as a pure rotation each week. So someone that you are more than happy to give up and that has a good run of fixtures in that set. And then you never know, you can always trade them out if someone wants them because they might be trade valuable. Um, But rather than necessarily go, say a Tottenham or Liverpool or Chelsea or Man U or Man City, it's okay, well, let's try and pick up Wolves have Brighton this week or Wolves have Norwich. Like that's a good matchup. Pick up Adama Traore, whoever might be in free agency for that week. So I think that's something I'll do rather than, I think what I might've done this year, I know Gilby did this. I don't know if he shares the same opinion, but he went very, uh, yes, mid heavy with the exception of his second and third pick where he two forwards but then very much went through all these mids, all these forwards, then all these defenders, and then his goalies right at the end. So I know myself, you can't play all five mids at the same time as well as three forwards. So it might be worth trying to balance that. But that's just my opinion. Uh, We'll see how the rest of the season goes. When I come through in, uh, what, six months' time and win, maybe I'll Hmm. change that. And I'll say, no, I did the perfect thing. Maybe. Tanked early, got Ronaldo. I I think you're right in terms of having players that you're happy to rotate because that's one thing that I've really struggled with. You know, when you've got a bigger squad like we've had in the past, it's okay to be able to bring in players for players who maybe aren't doing so well because you've got the depth. But here, I'm sort of thinking, well, I want to pick up points. Who do I drop? And I've found that more difficult than putting a team, an 11 together every week. So, I, you know, I think, um, I think moving forward, that could be a pretty good strategy, but we'll just have to... We'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see how Ronaldo pays off for you. And we might have a bit of a Ronaldo chat uh, later on in this particular podcast. So we'll see how we go there. You may not have Ronaldo for too much longer. Hey, who knows? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so let's get into a bit of a waiver discussion. So there's been a, f- a fair few new players come in and, and sort of uh, some of note, some maybe not of note, but we thought maybe we'd have a bit of a talk about some of these players who have come in more recently to the game because they could be potential pickups in the waiver. Um, and just for those people who um, maybe don't play draft fantasy all that much, waiver being a bit of a free agency where the uh, person in last place gets uh, first selection of anyone in the free agent as their first waiver, and it just sort of goes backwards from there. So um, Gilby will have the last shot at the waiver this week. 
um, and he might be able to, we might have a bit of a chat around who he's thinking of picking up with that last waiver spot. Um, there may not be too much left. He might be literally picking from the dregs, but we'll just wait and see. So I put a bit of a list together. Let's go through a few names. Um, guys, just jump in with, with any thoughts. Uh, this first one, uh, this first player came in uh, not right at the end of the, the transfer window, but but came in towards the end. Um, Man Odegaard from Arsenal went, came in from Real Madrid. Now, Arsenal have some really good fixtures coming up, but as we discussed last week, it is Arsenal, and they are doing shockingly, terribly at the moment. So uh, Martin Odegaard, who's probably going to take up that number 10 position, um, Gilby, is he someone who's worth thinking about considering the run that Arsenal have? Definitely, yes. Um, If Arsenal are going to do anything with this season, it has to happen in the next five or six weeks because they've got a really good run of fixtures. Um, You can argue that, I mean, obviously losing to Brentford first up, that was not good at all, but they have played two pretty strong teams, like playing City um, and forgotten the third team they lost to. Um, But they have had, like, obviously all the COVID drama as well. So if they are going to make something of this season, it has to happen now. Um, So with all of us with the Arsenal assets, I know Mick has Tierney at the back. I've got Aubameyang. Ben's got Leno. Dave has swapped from Saka to Odegaard. Um, so mm. that was probably the big move there, thinking that Odegaard would be worth more than Saka and be more likely to start. Um, I know Dave's kind of gone for a bit more consistent pick. He's thinking Odegaard is maybe more consistent than Saka, whereas Saka is probably more of an inconsistent with like a burst potential. or maybe score a couple, but also vulnerable to rotation and benching. And Jeff has Lacazette. So those are Arsenal assets. Um I, I really think that they're worth a punt for anyone that is can carry a bit of risk in the next few weeks. And if they haven't won, probably you'd probably say a pass mark is winning maybe five matches out of the next eight for them, really, at least. And if that hasn't happened, then it's big, big, big trouble. Mm, yeah, I think true. the big thing I was going to add into that was obviously Odegaard has been snapped up already by Dave. Um, the interesting one for me is you got Arsenal's top scorer at the moment. Yes, they, I don't think they've scored a goal as of yet. Lost every game, conceded nine or ten, I think it was. Um, but Smith Rowe's the top scorer for them at the moment in terms of fantasy value. Um, he was the number ten before Odegaard came in. It'll be interesting to see how that changes his role. Whether he moves to a wider position, mm. whether they completely change formation to allow that. Um, to see, yeah, see what happens with him and. Probably less so in our draft game because Smith Rowe wasn't, as far as I'm aware, wasn't picked up in the draft at all. No, he um, wasn't. So no one's even taken a punt on him yet. Um, but maybe more so in fantasy, the original budget version, um, without knowing his price off the top of my head. But mm. if he does stay in the team and they play more of a two number ten almost type role with a maybe a Bamiyang sitting striker without having to drop back and defend at all, um, could be something worth watching to take a bit of the creative pressure off and I guess create a bit of space between the two of them. Mm. I can comment on the normal fantasy game in regards to Smith Rowe because at the moment I actually have him in my team and have since the very beginning. I think he's he's dropped point one, so I think he's 5.4 at the moment. So he offers a bit of value considering that little drop um, and considering the, the games they have coming up. He, he might be worth a shout. He is playing. I think they did put him out wider. I think maybe on the left. I could be wrong. Um, but... 
for me, he he's a, a fairly decent ha- asset to have at that price point if for those playing the normal fantasy game and especially with the run of fixtures. But Gilby's right. Uh, I think this next game is super important because it's versus Norwich. They're two bottom teams. They've got to get a win there. If they're not getting a win there, then I think, you know, they're in all sorts. And um, I don't think it matters too much about, you know, who we have in, from from their team. They're just going to really struggle uh, from that point there. So, yeah, Smith Rowe, good shout. Um, I've had him since the start with, with regular fantasy. And I've kept him just because I want to see what this run of fixtures has. But I do have the flexibility to drop him for a 4.5 and then pick up Ronaldo if I want to. So I'm sort of keeping that. Um, as a bit of a option if if I need to. Um, so yeah, Odegaard, a good shout. We'll wait and see how that goes. So we'll see how Dave goes with him. I'm sure he would have been able to comment a little bit there, but um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that goes for him with this run of fixtures. Um, next up, the next one that I wanted to chat about really quickly, and I've, I've found out a little bit of information about this particular player, now, Burnley didn't make too many signings, but of one of their signings, they picked up uh, Maxwell Cornet from Lyon. Um, now, from what I've I've read and heard, um, they're sort of saying, oh, he's a, he's a left back, but it seems as though he can push up the pitch pretty well as well. So he has played in midfield. He has even played uh, sort of in the forward position um, early uh, on in his career as well. So he's a bit of a flexible character, and it seems like... Uh, it seems like it, it, maybe to start with, he might be a left back just because um, you've got Dwight McNeil who plays on that left-hand side for Burnley at the moment. So I'm not sure he's going to displace him, but I think as a, as a left back, considering their options, he might be a good shout. Burnley, um, generally their defense is pretty good. Um, they haven't started well this year def- with their defense, but you know if they get that right, there is a potential that he can pick up you know a ton of six-pointers when they have some better fixtures. So yes, and it really, it's a really interesting one for me. Um, I know Corne, the only reason I know Corne well is I managed Leon on Football Manager um, and he was a left winger for me. So I can uh, come, like back up Isaac with, he does have the ability to bomb forwards. It's an interesting one because Burnley are not one known for really bombing forward with fullbacks or any speed whatsoever. No. So uh, that's it's a really interesting one for me um, as to whether or not he plays that left-back slot and whether he suits Burnley and whether they may be looking to maybe change the way they play a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, as you say, I don't see him playing ahead of McNeil. Um, he's one of the key men in their system. Um, but Burnley are very powerful in the air. So, I mean, if he does get forward at all um, and deliver some good quality crosses could be some points but yeah that's very much a wait and see for me I wonder if they'd consider putting McNeil a bit more centrally maybe playing off wood as a striker or even playing um, Cornet as that potentially off the striker if he's got a bit of pace it could be an interesting combination like considering they maybe put Vidra there who has a bit more pace for example but flexibility is always a good thing but it as a, as a fantasy asset I think it's just a wait and see. I think he'll play left back to begin with, and he could be a good shout for that. If if you know you're looking for that fifth defender, and Burnley have a good run of fixtures, so yeah, I think in terms of putting him centrally, I think Ashley Barnes is going to play that off the striker role. Um, I think Vidra's just been holding out while Barnes, I think, came back from injury. Mm. Um, it's very Sean Dyche to have that. I guess two bigger bodied forwards up there. Chris Wood obviously does it pretty well. 
um, despite the fact he's a Kiwi. But Ashley Barnes does a great job as well. They've done the same thing for so long. Um, just they don't really strike me Burnley as a a wide team. So they kind of the way um, is it Westwood at the moment with McNeil. Um, who else is up there at the moment? Cork. So kind of Cork and I think it's Brownhill might be the other one at the moment. Yeah, Brownhill and Goodmanson, whenever Goodmanson's not yeah. injured. And fit, Goodmanson yeah. and, and Robbie Brady as well is another one. So they're the no, two no, wide players. Brady's gone. Just being, yeah. He oh, did released. he leave, did he? Yeah, I think oh, he was there released. You go. Well, they were the wide players for so long um, and then they just kept getting injured. So it, I guess in that sense, if he does play left back, yes, he's a chance to get forward. But I guess the hard thing for this is in the game, he's a mid in our game. So it's really, if you're going to get a Burnley defender, you want the Burnley defender. You don't want a mid that's playing as a back. Uh, good so pickup. I didn't even see how he'd entered chances the game. Are, so. Yeah, chances are he's probably not going to get picked up unless he is playing a higher up the field. Oh, But who who doesn't want that beautiful one-point clean sheet bonus for a midfielder? Can we, can we tell Nate to pick him up? Hey, I, I think Nate would be keen if he's going to get him more points than uh, Nate, his current Nate does love a new transfer. <laughs> he does. Oh, you know, you know who loves a new transfer, or a, at least a speculative transfer is Dave. We should maybe get in Dave's ear. He might go for it. Probably. Well, not. Dave's putting a bit more thought into it now, rather than going with his old friend Draxler. So, um, may not be able to fall for it this year. He oh. smelt blood in the water. He's had a taste of winning, and now he wants it. He wants it more. <laughs> might might stop some of the speculative trades. Hey. Oh well, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. Uh, so that was a good shout. Um, next up, Crystal Palace. And this is where I would throw to Dave because we've picked up Will Hughes, who's quite an industrious sort of midfielder, hardworking, can sort of get up the pitch, uh, can deliver balls, can, you know, make himself a bit of a nuisance. I'd always liked how he played for Watford. Um, so I think it's a good pickup by my team, Crystal Palace. Um, I think they need more players like that, especially who are maybe a bit younger than some of their current um, midfield crew. So Will Hughes, I think, is a bit of a sit, wait and see. There's a few people in that position. Whether he starts straight away, I don't know. Um, but if he's going to get regular game time and Palace have a good run, again, someone you could consider for that fifth sort of midfield spot. Um, that's I, how I'd be looking I at personally, it. I know Gallagher had a good week last week with two goals, but I still think, I mean, maybe it's just because he was at West Brom last year and I got to see a bit of him, but his energy in midfield and he's willing to get forward and, he scored a few for us, not fantastic goals, but goals from outside the box, just through bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I see Gallagher as more of a more of an attacking threat. I think, particularly with this format, we only have five mids. You really don't need those defensive guys just to get you a point or two here or there. So guys like Kante just don't get picked yeah. up. So um, obviously, it depends what role Hughes plays in the squad um, with Vieira there now. Mm-hmm. But I think Gallagher is probably more of your box to box, maybe the occasional goals scored two already. So yeah. wouldn't surprise me if someone does pick him up this week. But yeah, I think Gallagher's probably the mid at the moment. Um, and I mean, he's not going to get dropped this week, is he? Well, probably not. And he does drive into the box and that's a really good attribute for him. And you're right, he's in our free agency at the moment. So he was one we're probably going to talk about definitely because, you know, he, he has the potential to be picked up this week for sure. Um, I think, Palace still have a couple of hairy games that could be a bit difficult. Uh, but, you know, he did it against West Ham and, and a lot of people were thinking that we were just going to get smashed by West Ham. So, you know, he has the potential there. I think if you look at Palace's midfield options, uh, they're, they're a little bit um, 
I think they're a little bit better now than what they have been in previous years, especially with Gallagher, especially with now Hughes. Can you imagine, you know, those two on either side and then someone playing that sort of um, defensive role? That'd be, I'd I'd enjoy watching that midfield sort of play. So um, got a lot of good things going on now. And I guess that segues nicely into Palace's other signing, their forward, uh, Edouard from Celtic. Uh, a French striker. Um, so Vieira's brought in another Frenchman. And, you know, from all reports, he's extremely talented, um, aggressive, quick, has all the attributes of the, you know, that I think are going to suit Palace in the way Vieira wants to play. Um, they only picked him up, I think, for £15 million, which is excellent. So I, from what I can recall, he's scored, you know, mid-teens of, of goals at Celtic, I think, year on year. Now, you could obviously argue that it's a it's a lesser league and it might be a bit easier to score, but as well as that, he's going to have some better players feeding him as well. So I'd be surprised if he replaces Benteke immediately. Uh, but obviously, Palace rate him, so they, they went for him. Uh, I would imagine he will begin to start at some point in time, but... Um, I think that dynamic between what Vieira does with Benteke and Eduard will be really, really interesting. But if he's playing, I think he's going to be a, a pretty good third striker option, really, for, for many of us. So it, yeah. it could be a good way to go. Just having a quick look at his stats from last year. So in the Scottish Premier League, he played 26 games, 16 goals, 5 assists. The year before, 27 games, 21 goals, 12 assists. Um, obviously, a little bit different. Um, 28... 28 games, 14 goals the year before for Edouard. So if that does translate to any to any degree, he's a chance. Um, obviously, Celtic's a little bit of a dominant team, so you'd hope that those numbers are pretty inflated. But I guess it can't be too dissimilar, really, to a championship, I guess, team coming through. Um, so if you can halve those number of goals, if you can be a 10-goal striker, um, he's definitely uh, in the top 24 forwards, so should be on a team somewhere. Yeah, and especially considering Benteke really hasn't had any opposition or, or um, you know, f- for his spot in the team, I think it's good that there's another decent quality striker in there. So hopefully they'll just uh, be able to bring the best out of each other and Vieira picks them at the right time and they score a, a buttload of goals and, you know, Palace get in the Champions League. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Well, it's just having a look, Isaac, because um, they read, read an analysis article here about uh, Edouard. And they're saying in 2020-21, uh, the Crystal Palace had the oldest squad in the Premier League. We sure did. So, yep. So apparently, obviously, you're prioritizing youth at the moment. Yes. And at the moment, from what I'm reading, they're kind of ranking Edouard as someone you consider along the lines of an Adam Armstrong and an Ivan Tony. Um, maybe something to rotate. Obviously, kind of hard to rotate depending on waivers and people taking other players, that sort of stuff. But yeah, like you say... A wait and see, maybe looking for that third forward slot. Yeah, and I, I, I was listening to some really good uh, analysis of of Palace's transfer window, and a lot of people are really pleased with what Palace have done in the transfer window, and they've lessened the the age of their squad, which I think was really important. But what they're saying is, you know, they've brought in a new manager, they've got loads of new people in their in their squad, a lot of young guys as well. And obviously, there's risk when you do that. Um, we haven't had to go down that road for quite a number of years. Um, Hodgson has been, you know, pretty steady, which is good. But you know, to progress the team forward, these signings I think have been, uh, you know, much needed. 
they didn't retain a lot of people who were a lot of players, older players who um, whose contracts expired. So they really wanted to go down this new path. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what leeway they give to Vieira, how long they give him. You know, if if the results don't start to um, come, then how much time they actually give him to to get the team up and going, considering the number of changes. And but but someone sort of put it really nicely in that you know look they're making they're taking a big risk changing the squad and changing the manager the way they have. If they were to go down, a lot of the players who have come in could comfortably stay with them. Um, obviously, um, their their wages would be a you know the the issue, but a lot of them could stay there. They'd probably maybe try and sell Zaha, for example, and and get some funds. But the majority of those players could stay there, do a job in the championship, and get them back up into the Premier League. So it'll just be interesting to see how they move going forward. But uh, fingers crossed, it goes in the right direction. Let's have a quick look at one of the the sort of the very late signings uh, to happen in this transfer window. A player that we've seen before, Daniel James transferred to Leeds from Man U. Um, probably the right thing for him to do, considering who they brought in. He probably wasn't going to get a whole lot of game time. So definitely a good a good transfer. Um, Leeds wanted him in the past, and I think all but signed him for, for that paperwork to fall through at the very last minute a few years ago before he got picked up by Man U. Um, look, do, do we think he's going to... Be, get some game time at Leeds? Is he someone who we should consider bringing into our teams given fixtures and whatnot? I think that Bielsa is famous for having a very unique system and I think he suits Bielsa's system down to the ground. But um, I think Bielsa's system is so unique, it's going to take a few weeks for him to um, go, uh, move more towards that system because the way Manchester United play their wingers is very different to the way Bielsa plays his wingers. So I think there's even rumours that he's been told he has to lose 10 kilos or something like that. Um, so um, obviously Bielsa expects an incredible work rate from nearly all his players. Um, so I think, again, that's a wait and see. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great move for Manchester United, for James and for Leeds. Um, if anything, uh, I think Manchester United were very lucky to get the amount of money we got for him. Mm. And obviously, Leeds rate him highly, which means that they have not got plans for him to sit on the bench. So in a couple of weeks' time, um, with some good fixtures, um, he could definitely be worth a look. Yeah. Let's face it. He was always going to go. There was one main reason he was always going to go. is because mm. Cavani needed number 21, so a guy we're <laughs> going to talk about later could move into a certain number seven. That's the reason he's really gone. Um, but to add to that, my question would be, where, where's he going to play? He's not going to take Rafinha's right side. I don't see Rafinha going centrally. I'd say you've got more chance of moving James to the left and maybe moving Harrison centrally. Um, but then you've got Rodrigo, who they're signing from the start of last year and admittedly hasn't done a whole lot. But he's always, to me, I've seen him more as a striker and he's been playing that kind of holding almost number 10 role. Um, but they're not moving Bamford anywhere, so... Is Rodrigo the guy they drop? They've just signed Harrison from City. He knows the system, so yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see Dan James getting much of a, a run at, in the short mm-hmm. term anyway. It gives them a lot of depth, which I think is good for any Premier League team. And I think the good thing about it is if he starts to get regular game time when he comes up to speed with the system, we've seen him before. We know that he he can score goals. Like he hasn't been prolific, but he can score goals. So I think it's just a matter of 
okay, if he starts to get a run, who is going to take the, the ga- not the gamble, but who's going to get in there first and try and get him? Because, you know, Leeds are a good team. They're going to score a bunch of goals. They're very attacking, and so is he. So um, I think that, you know, when it comes to draft or normal uh, FPL, if he starts playing regularly and he's at a good price point for normal FPL, for example, you know, he's an option. He's a good option. He, he might be able to score some goals and do some damage. So, um, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting if anyone wants to take a punt and follow your method, Isaac, because uh, Leeds host Liverpool this week. But after that, they have a very kind run of six fixtures in a row. So if anyone follows Isaac's template and takes an early punt, I don't think it, you'd probably rate James in the same category as Traore at the moment, so very unlikely. But if someone wants to follow Isaac's template, the opportunity's there if you want to jump in ahead of some good fixtures. Hey, he might be the only player left on the waiver when it gets to your turn, Gilby. So he's he, he could be a, a, a viable option for you. I don't know. He could be. Yeah, Isaac's trying to sell me a bridge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say before, I think I've got more chance of losing 10kg than what uh, Daniel James does, but hey. We'll see how that goes for him. Hopefully he can uh, do that and get in the team shortly. I'm pretty sure that was just uh, like a joke that was bandied around or something about Bielsa and how hard he works his players. But like, given how crazy Bielsa is, it would not it would not shock me if that was true. Mm, absolutely. Okay. I'm, I've been going in alphabetical order, as you, you might have, have realized, but I'm going to skip a particular team because I think I want to leave this particular player to the end for uh, some some good reason. Uh, so we'll go to Norwich. Um, they picked up a couple of defenders late on. Uh, Brandon Williams, who's already played a game from Manu on loan. And also Asan Kabak. I think he's on loan from Schalke as well. Maybe with an option to buy. I'm not sure. Not that that worked out last uh, year for at, at Liverpool. But they brought in two defenders. They probably definitely, well, they probably needed some defenders, to be fair. They haven't started well. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're, they're not a Premier League team. They're, they're destined to go back to the championship where they will no doubt uh, play really well again. But, you know, what are we thinking? Norwich, I'm not sure what their run looks like. Someone else might be able to comment on that. Um, but... I don't know. I'm not sure if defenders are what we should be bringing in from Norwich. I'm not sure who we should be bringing in from Norwich, to be honest, but I'm not sure it's defenders, Gilby. Uh, yeah, well, uh, the only value you can see in Williams is if you are playing the traditional game, he is uh, extremely cheap. He's at the bargain basement of $4 million, I think it is. Um, so if you really want some budget elsewhere, he's one of the only starting potential starting defenders that's worth the bargain basement price. So that's something to look at. Um, Norwich's fixtures, as you say, are actually pretty good. Um, whether or not you count Arsenal as a good fixture at the moment. You at probably, the moment, probably, I think we do. <laughs> probably might, yeah. So they're uh, away to Arsenal this week. And then they've got four good ones in a row. They've got Watford, Everton, Burnley, and Brighton. Okay. So a fairly decent run if they, as Isaac said, like everyone's picking them as their favourite to go straight back down. And I think if they haven't picked up a couple of wins at least, by the end of this five rounds, uh, they are going straight back down. So mm. that's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Oh, sorry, Mick. Yeah, go. sorry. Um, my thing is, I was just having a quick look at so expected goals, and they should have scored two point eight goals by now. I think they've only scored one. Uh, yeah. I think it might have been. A, I might be wrong there. I think it was a pretty penalty. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It might be as well. So I don't think, like you said, nothing in the way of defenders. They're not promoted teams. You really don't do unless they're set up that way, like Brentford has this year. 
um, they look a lot better. But if you look at the teams that they've scored, so they should have scored 2.8 goals. Um, and so far, Norwich have played Liverpool, City and Leicester. So the fact that they've created even that amount of chance, now if you look at their run ahead, Arsenal, Watford, Everton, Burnley and Brighton, right, there's some potentially some little value there for some mids and forwards that are playing. So Puki, I think, has already been picked up. If he hasn't been dropped yet, Ben's got Puki. Um, but a few of their more creative midfielders, they might be a bit of a, an option there. I know they may not be have been a deadline day signing, but there was a few other transfers through the start of the season um, with Liz Malou, Rashika as well. Um, Cantwell, who's been there for a while now, and Sargent, another forward. So there's plenty of options there for Norwich if you can work out who's playing and I guess who the creative outlets are there, um, particularly over the next five weeks or so where they hopefully might get a win or two for their sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'm st- I don't know if you've convinced me, but hey, uh, I guess it just depends who you have to drop, as who you're dropping as well. Like, is there somebody who you know, you're willing to drop to bring them in for potential points. Are you going to play that person even? Who knows? So, hey, we'll have to wait and see. Um, okay, let me have another look at my list. So we've got oh, Southampton. I think they brought in a center back. Uh, look, I'm going to absolutely butcher this pronunciation, I'm sure. Lina, L- Lianco, maybe? Yeah, I'd go with that. Lianco. Lianco, yeah, from Turin. So they brought him in a centre back. They obviously needed someone because they decided to punt Vestergaard for goodness knows what reason. Probably the money, to be fair. Um, so, look, I don't know too much about him. I don't know if he's going to start again. I'm not sure if Southampton's the the team to to um, bring in defenders for. But hey, I, I guess at least there's an there's an option there if they have a good run of fixtures. Um, he's not prolific in any sense in terms of goals or anything like that. In 90 matches, he scored three goals. So he's not one of those centre-backs who's going to get up and, uh, you know, cause some threat um, in set pieces or anything like that. But he, he might solidify their defence and start to uh, give them a few more clean sheets. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I'm not sure if there's too much more to add there, boys, on him. But uh, let's maybe move on to West Ham. Um, they did a little bit of business on the back end. Uh, they brought in Vlasic from uh, KS, uh, sorry, CK, CSKA, there we go, Moscow, um, £33.5 million pounds they, they, they paid for him. Now, he was an ex-Everton player, I believe, um, attacking midfielder. Sort of gonna, seems like he's going to be tussling with Fornells for that particular spot because that's where Fornells has been the last few um, games. So Fennels has been having a bit of a blinder. I know Mick picked him up um, in free agency. So Mick, I don't know if you're trembling in your boots or feel that he's going to potentially come in um, to replace Fennels or Fennels maybe goes out wider. I don't know, but you know, it's an interesting I, signing. Yeah, I think Fennels is obviously, like like you said, I picked him up last week or that's before last week, maybe week two even. Um, he's probably, particularly now with rotation, they've had Yarmolenko who they haven't actually been able to play in the two years he's been there with, I think it was a shoulder injury and then just other things going on. So there's a fair bit, and Lanzini as well did his knee at the start of last year mm-hmm. and never, he came a little bit in towards the middle, um, but there's really not a whole lot of, I guess, uh, they've got too many options really to really know who's nailed down other than Antonio really and Ben Rama probably at the moment. Um, they're the two, and Suchek a little bit deeper, but there's not really... I don't see the rest of them being any nailed on. Um, 
between Bowen, Vlasic, Finals, Lanzini, Yarmolenko. You've got too many guys to fit into a front four, really. So it's going to be a tough one at the moment. So I think Finals will keep his spot with how he's playing. So I think I'll keep him this week while they've got Southampton. It's a decent fixture for them, mm-hmm. um, particularly as an attacking player. So I think that'll be right for them. Um, I'll, I really need it as well with Buendia being out from Argentina. So I really need to keep that one at the moment. So I won't be trading him out. Um, but that doesn't mean for next week, I'm not looking at it then. So I haven't really looked ahead to see what West Ham's fixtures are after that. I got Man United straight after that then leads. So probably a good idea. Maybe when that comes around, I might be getting rid of him. Um, but we'll see, I guess, how they go and how Vlasic fits in and mm. I guess where that goes from there. But I'm not sure if you're going to mention him, but there was one other player that West Ham actually signed on the last day as yeah. well, which I actually think may be the better option out there if he actually starts getting it. I think it was a permanent transfer as well, but Kurt Zuma from Chelsea. Um, if he actually goes and starts, could solidify that back line even more. West Ham could be, uh, this might be a stretch here, but pushing towards those European spots, especially if Arsenal's out of the, the I guess, the original big six, so to speak. They're not going to be pushing anywhere near. So there's probably a spot up there. You'd have to say Leicester's probably the runner for it. Um, they're probably next in line, so to speak. But yeah. um, Everton and West Ham are normally in that 7th, 8th, ninth kind of area. And West Ham have been pretty good so far this year. So they're going to score goals if they can start to defend and learn how to do that. Well, you never know. They could push that spot. It's true. They they still didn't pick up a striker though. I don't. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to go for them. Like, uh, looks like Antonio, Antonio has to play hamstrings. every single match and score forty goals. I'm sure oh, that'll be a disappointment. What a shame. That would be terrible, Gilby, wouldn't it? <laughs> as long uh, as he his body holds up, he's the man. It's true. It's true. I look back at my draft and I I somewhat regret picking Ings over him, but, you know, we'll wait and see. I, I think I think Ings is still a pretty good shout, but I had Antonio last year. He did well for me when he played, but, um, yeah, I, he's going to, he's surely he's going to break down. Just surely he's going to break down, but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so let's keep going. We've got a few more to get through. Um, I was just going to say with Vlasic as well, his stats are pretty good from previous years. Obviously, it's a Russian league, so, but... You know, he, he seems to be quality. Maybe he's obviously, um, you know, in lieu of them being able to get Jesse Lingard, he was looks to be a good option. He's going to play some European football, so we'll wait and see. Um, okay, we've got Wolves. Now, they... I don't think they did a, a, a heap of... Pardon me. I don't think that he did a they did a heap of business in the in the transfer period, but they did pick up uh, Hechan from RB Leipzig. Now it looks like he's quite a attacking player, um, mostly a centre forward or out on the wings. Um, I was just having a bit of a, a look at his stats, and it looks as though he's had some injury issues, which uh, you know maybe isn't fantastic because I think Wolves have a few players out injured at the moment as well. But in the past, they had a few injury issues, but it, it sort of looks as though he has some potential to, to, to score some score some goals, get some assists. Is he going to be the next Son coming from you know South Korea? Who knows? But just another interesting pickup. I just see here in the 19-20 season, he scored 16 goals and had 22 assists. So... You know that's a pretty good return for uh, any player in any league. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe he might be someone who we get to see a little bit of moving forward, considering Wolves' injury issues that they have. 
I think the main thing from that, I was looking at the same thing here. Um, 11 goals, 12 assists in the Austrian Bundesliga, was it? Or this is it Leipzig or was it Austrian? I'm pretty certain it's the Austrian one. Salzburg, yeah. 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 Salzburg. So 11 goals, 12 assists from 27 games. Um, but like you said, from that, they played six um, Champions League games, three goals, five assists in the Champions League mm. against decent opposition. Um, but I dare say that would have been when Haaland was still there. Yeah, potentially. If that's where he was. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, to be honest. It was a while ago now, but I think that might have been. If not, I'm talking at my ass, so to speak. But I think it'll be interesting to see what that does to uh, Jimenez coming back off injury, maybe having an extra striker there with uh, Pedro, uh, Neto injured. Mm. Um, having an extra guy there takes a bit of the pressure away from him or spurs yeah. him on at training a little bit more. I think well, I saw um, Podence appeared from the bench. Uh, he okay. was another long-term injury and Podence is now back. Um, so how that affects their forward line going forward with like Trincao was the man who gave way to Podence when Podence came on. So if Podence starts and Traore starts, then I mean, yeah, you're probably looking at him as rotation depending on how any of those other forwards go, really. Mm. It's just going to depend. Yeah, I think what's up in the air at the moment is just what their their actual forward line will look like moving forward. So they've got a few more options now, so it'll be interesting. Look, if, if He-Chan sort of is able to get some game time, he might have the potential. It looks as though, you know, from past years, Jimenez does well with a, a partner up top. Um, you know, Jota was that for, for quite some time, and they, they had a really good stint together. So... It'll be really interesting to see. It seems though this manager is incredibly attacking, which, you know, is good for these particular assets. You know, I'm really happy that I've got Traore at the moment. Um, you know, we'll just have to hopefully see some of that finishing quality where he can get a few more goals or at least put some on a platter for, for Jimenez moving forward. But, uh, you know, all things point, for, point to Wolves having some really good fixtures and hopefully getting some, some good fantasy points as well. Just to clarify, I have double-checked, and Haaland was there. Mm -hmm. He uh, played 14 games and 17 goals in those games. Um, so, you know, it's, it's somewhat of a decent record. But I, the name, I, other name I recognize here, Patson Dakar, Leicester striker, 31 games, 24 goals in that season. So it'd be interesting to see what comes of him. But the way Jamie Vardy's starting, you're not going to drop him anytime soon. So Yeah, well, the only thing with Wolves, like they've got their great run of fixtures, but being the main outlet on the counter-attack is kind of Traore's game. And up against the teams they're about to play, the weaker teams, a lot of those teams are probably going to be happy to give Wolves the ball and play a low block. Now, whether or not Traore, whether or not that suits his game, I don't know. Um, that's going to be the interesting one because a lot of people are looking at Traore's statistics and being like, yep, he's the go. And I mean, both Mick and myself have said that we probably would have transferred him in. But... That's going to be the interesting one. Can he actually break down a dogged defense that is happy to let him have the ball? Very true. Very true. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. You know, it's it's the, there's a few players like that at the moment where we just have to wait and see what's actually going to happen, you know, with them in their teams and, and moving forward from there. Um, the one I didn't mention before, which I'm going to really quickly now, before we get on to what will be a very interesting section is uh, for Brighton. They signed really late on uh, a, a left back, left wing back, maybe even left midfielder, um, Cucurella. So from everything I've, I've seen and heard, um, could be a long-term solution to the left wing back 
sort of uh, issues. I think Solly March might have gone down injured, so he might slot straight in. Uh, Brighton have some good fixtures, so it's potentially going to be uh, a source of points there. It seems as though he's really attacking-minded, um, and he might be able to to come away with some points for Brighton there. So he could be one to to look out for. I'm not sure what he's priced in fantasy um, at this point in time. Um, I don't know if anyone in our particular league is looking for a Brighton defender, but you know he could be he could be someone who uh, scores some good points for the lucky manager who picks him up. So that was just Absolutely. the last one. Yeah, if they go back to a, a five back or a sort of three with wing backs, if they get Lamptey back and Cucurella on the left, that's a I guess the the back three become solid options because they're not going to rotate their midfield back three. Um, but yeah, Lamptey on the right and Cucurella on the left could be some. Very, very good points for hopefully more pay up front. But let's face it, they n- they've never had that striker that's finished them. So no. but it'd be interesting to watch. Yeah. And I mean, I think they were in for Edouard as well, for, for who went to Palace in the end. And a lot of people are saying, why didn't they push harder for that? So, you know, we'll have to wait and see who where their goals are coming from. But Cucurella could be a good option. Now, we've left this, left this one to last because I think this is going to transition nicely into our next little section. Um, but... Ronaldo is now in the game um, for those playing normal fantasy at home. 12.5 million. Um, a lot of people, I think, are wildcarding this week to to bring him in. Um, I decided not to, but, you know, that's my own personal choice. Mick has picked him up in our league, uh, picked him up last week on a speculative transfer in, which we allow in our league, which some people aren't happy about. And I won't name names, but they're currently coming last, the person who I'm referring to. Um, as Mick is no doubt aware, uh, but you know, uh, Mick has him. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out from here. Mick, what do you, what did you take on that particular waiver get? Are you pretty stoked that now you actually do have a, a, a round one potential draft pick considering you picked up Havertz and Sterling? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I think one of the first, first pod, um, if I had my time again, the way our draft system worked or our, I guess, choosing where to draft from. Um, if I had my time again, I would have gone fifth with Lukaku coming in um, and taking that option. I still think that would have been the player. I see there's still, at the time, there was five clear top guys, De Bruyne, Salah, um, Fernandez, Lukaku and Kane. Now, now seeing where that is, I, it, if it goes well, I think I've made the right call. <laughs> um in theory, getting eighth, ninth pick, and then what quite possibly could have been the first pick if it had have come out that way. Um, well, I think given Gilby had first pick, well for me. You're probably, but probably you never right. really know. He hasn't actually played a game for the league in that this league for the last what ten years now. Um, so who really knows? So fingers crossed it comes out okay, but we'll wait and see. But I, I am interested to hear what um what I might be offered in return, but. There's only well, so many players let's, he has, so let's let's set, let's, 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 uh, let's set this up. So, uh, when we were discussing, you know, what we're going to talk about today, we're like, oh, it's, this episode seems a bit thin. Um, so Gilby's decided to uh, not pad out, but you know, really get the episode going with uh, maybe a few trays to try and grab Ronaldo from Mick. Um, Gilby, we know you're a Man U fan. We know that you you you're a, a massive. Well, are you a massive Ronaldo fan, really? Um, I mean, obviously, like when he was at Manchester United, he was the best player in the world, and um, I really do obviously overvalue any Manchester United asset. Um, but 
as to whether or not the debate, Ronaldo or Messi, I think like we can basically just hold our hands up and say they're legitimately two of the greatest players ever. Um, and either way, um, I'm, I can't wait to see what he does this time when he's back. Um, yeah. and either way, we... whether or not he turns into yeah. 30 goal striker or whether or not he's off the bench <laughs> for 10 goals, uh, nobody really knows yet. But either way, I think it's going to be great to watch. I think it's just fantastic, Gilby, that it's it's seemingly stuffed your first round pick plans in that he's definitely going to take pens. He's definitely going to take set pieces in front of goal. Um, poor old Fernandez is going to look like a shell of the player that he once was. Uh, it, it always, from from looks, uh, when they play for Portugal, he sort of just doesn't get a look in. Ronaldo just runs that team. So, look, I'm not sure who you're planning on trading, but I know Mick is interested to, to take some trades oh. and get him thinking. All I'm hearing from this, Isaac, is if I don't accept the trade, Gilby's going to come back to the pack. So maybe I shouldn't even entertain these. Well, it means I streak away with the win, doesn't it? Well, I was actually reading an article, and um, if you take penalties away from Bruno last season, uh, he scores less overall points than Bamford. So that's kind of the... That's kind of the effect of the value that it may or may not have. Unless, of course... Like, I know, I mean, like, I'm hoping, like, got my fingers crossed that Bruno turns more into a De Bruyne and uh, makes up for missing his penalties with some assists to Ronaldo. Um, but uh, whether or not that's a pipe dream or not, we're going to have to wait and see. What I'm hearing, Gilby, is that based on that stat, I could offer you a trade for Fernandez with someone who's less than Bamford, right? So Barnes, Barnes for Fernandez, are you are you comfortable with that trade? I think that's a in light of what you've said, I think that that's a pretty reasonable offer. Well, I am a maths and analysis guy, um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 going too far even for me. <laughs> so um, I'm holding out hope that Bruno will still be the number one pick. But it's an interesting one, like if Ronaldo had been in the game from the start, um, whether or not he would be a top three or top five pick or a first round pick. Um, I think he probably would have been. Um, but I was actually thinking to myself, like if Ronaldo had been in the game from the start, like if he'd transferred in July or something like that, would I have taken him first? If it was up to me, um, if it was for head in that instance, I would take Salah. If I was taking Hart, I would take Ronaldo. Um, that would be my analysis at the moment. I think Salah is probably now the best player in the game to own, um, and that's Jeff's boy. So whether or not that happens, I don't know. But yeah, I think that's probably the initial in terms of that top round thing. I think Ronaldo probably would have gone somewhere in that top four or five for us. Um, but yeah. Look, I'm I'm going to leave the Barnes-Fernandez on the table for a couple of weeks. You know, when he scores a hat-trick against City this week, you know, you might just want to reconsider. Uh, look, I'll, I'll just, I'm just going to leave it there. Look, that's all I'll say. But, okay, let's get into it. I want to hear some of these potential trades for Mick. I want to see if we can get Mick to part with his now number one draft pick, um, you know, and, and, and stick with Sterling and Havertz as his number one in his squad. Let, let's go. What have you got, Gilby? Come on. Well, I mean, obviously the tough thing for me is that uh, Ronaldo is a forward and I had, I put a lot of my assets into the forwards and 
well, obviously a lot of people in the real game are transferring out Bruno for Ronaldo. So my first offer was kind of based around following the kind of pattern that a lot of people were doing in the real game. So my first offer as a hypothetical um, is... No, no, this is a real offer. <laughs> as a hypothetical <laughs> is, is Bruno and Aubameyang for Ronaldo and Wood. Oh, Mick's just staring off into the never-never. Looking looking at the teams. Um, for Ronaldo and Wood. Well, just looking the, at the, the forwards. The issue like, with that would be two forwards for a forward and a mid, would it not? Yeah, so there's Ronaldo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'd have to pick up one of your mids. And I don't... I that, didn't that's, like... that's what I was looking at, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Oh, so this definitely is hypothetical because a it can never happen. And, in in and that please. hypothetical, no. <laughs> okay, that's one shot down. Why? Okay. Why? Well, I'll come back to it because I feel like if I shoot it down now, I'm going to explain why I'm probably going to say no to most of these offers. But let, let's go through the next one. Okay. 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 So the next three, next two offers, I've, I've came up with three. No, so um, I didn't say hypothetical this time. Yeah, so hypothetical again um, <laughs> would be a complete forward line swap. So DCL, Antonio, and Aubameyang for Ooh. Ronaldo, Wood, and Adams. Oh, oh, you've got him thinking. Oh, is 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 that, Calvert-Lewin that... injured? Just to be clear. Uh, Calvert Lewin's apparently carrying a toe injury that he's been carrying for the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, in the game, mm-hmm. I would say it's going to take the way he's playing and the way Everton rely on him. It's going to take some a bit more than that to keep him out. But yeah, there is a chance that he could miss out. Um, but yeah, he'll be going to ice his toe up just for you, Mick. He's just going <laughs> to get that the, ice. The difference the now, though, is there's a certain former West Brom, certain Newcastle player that loves is loved by Rafa Benitez called Salomon Rondon, who's now there as a rotation for Calvert Lewin. So with Richarlison, who can play through the middle, can obviously go wider as well. Um, Calvert Lewin and Rondon, there is spoiled for choice. So but, in a but game Mick, week like this week, when can... they have Burnley. Are they likely to play Rondon because he's going to know Benitez's system? So Calvert-Lewin may not be the nail... He will be nailed on for a while. I've got something for you though, Mick, right? Chances. I've got something for you though, Mick, right? So when when Antonio does do his hemi and can't play for a stretch, then you can bring Rondon in and you can rotate those two. See, see what I'm seeing, <laughs> I'll, I'll answer it this time, is... I give you Ronaldo and you give me a guy who's about to do his hammy, a guy that's going to get dropped for a former West Brom great and Obama Yang for the worst team in the league. Careful, it doesn't sound that appealing. <laughs> but it made it did make you think. You were literally... It definitely made me think. It definitely made me think. I look, had to look at my team and I think individually, like as a three, yeah, it probably makes some level of sense and it definitely stacks the team a little bit more. But... I've said this before, Which... the whole live by the sword, die by the sword. At the end of the day, there's going to be a hell of a lot, lot less uh, banter thrown my way and <laughs> abuse if I hold Ronaldo and he does nothing than if I trade him away and he does great. So who, but okay. doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Look it's at, hard. Look at the two forward lines, okay? So which forward line is going to get more points? 
over the course of the year. Let's say let's say they're all fit for the course of the year. And I know that's a big hypothetical, but let's say they're all fit over the course of the season. Which forward line is going to get more points? If they're all fit and they all start, mine. Gilby's. Hmm. But obviously, so, that's a really big hypothetical. Rondon is not coming in for Calvert Lewin. I'm sorry, it's no. not. <laughs> no, that's not a but, thing that's going to happen. No, I said that. I said I said Calvert Lewin's a nailed on starter. But in terms of like this injury that he's carrying at the moment, they now have the ability to rest him for a game here or there, which previously they would have played him through. Sure, but they're they're surely going to rest Ronaldo as well here and there. They've got to. Yeah, like he's yeah. not going to be able to play all of the games that they're committed to. And surely he's going to want to play Champions League, especially the big games in Champions League. He's not going to miss I, those. I don't think he'll miss as many games as people seem to think he's going to miss. Like I do understand they will. He will rest here or there. But I really don't think he's going to... Everyone's making it sound like out of the 38-game season, he's only going to play 25. He's still going to play 30 to 35 games. I reckon he'll start maybe 30, 28 to 32, and he might come off the bench for the other five. I would be very surprised if injuries pending, he doesn't, or suspension, he doesn't feature in some capacity in every game unless he's on the bench and they're already up by five goals. Well, I mean, his commitment to physical preparation and recovery has always been more or less um, legendary. And even at 36, I would say, as Mick said, I'm more thinking that he would be on the higher side, up around that 28 to 30 matches. And I'm thinking, I even saw the other day, like, he's, um, the only question they're going to have to do is we're going to have to carry him a little bit defensively because he averaged something like three or four pressures per game per 90 minutes for Juventus. So he is not really going to be keen to do much pressuring without the ball. But uh, as always, like giving the ball anywhere around the box and you know he's shooting. And then if he does happen to get back to anywhere near the kind of form that he's been in even the last few seasons, like he scored 20 goals per season for the last... I don't know how many years it's been. So if he starts and he's anywhere like the kind of form he's shown for the last decade, then, yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at one of the best strikers in the world again. So, Mick, I'm going to I'm gonna take that as a maybe. Um, no, oh, am I wrong there? I... Well, sorry, I'm just having a quick <laughs> look at total minutes played. So I looked at Ronaldo and off the top of my head compared him to Karim Benzema. And Ronaldo played a total of 100 minutes and less across the entire of last season. So I really don't see, and I, that's a random person I've selected out of nowhere, but I really don't see him playing that much less than anyone else. It'd be interesting to actually see Bruno's minutes compared to Ronaldo's. Give me a second, I'm actually going to look it up I, now as well. I just think that's an interesting trade option, though. Definitely an interesting trade. And like you said, I definitely did consider it very, very, I was like, oh, that is not what I expected. <laughs> I think it's one of those things, though, it's, it's, always going to be way easier for me to say no than it is for me to say yes. Yeah, I mean, well, either way, like, both of us, one of us is going to end up with a large amount of egg on our face. Um, so uh, that's the, always well, the danger you take with the trades. Gilby, maybe if you throw Fernandez in as a sweetener with that one, he might he <laughs> might go for it. Is that the um, next one? <laughs> no, it actually oh. isn't. But well, my next, well, leading into my last, my next trade and the final offer. Well, we're going back to my first offer. Um, I, I had said so to fix out the midfielder. Um, my midfielder I would want for Bruno and Orba, um, Ronaldo and either Fornals or Buendia. 
because I know you won't give me Sterling or Habits. So one of those two would probably oh, be what I would rank. He'd give him you Sterling. He'd definitely give you Sterling. Come on. <laughs> I still think that that straightforward line trade is definitely out of the three I've heard so far. The most appealing. Okay. Um, All right. But that, yeah, I don't think, like you've said as well, I don't know how much value Fernandez holds. There's a massive risk involved in that one. Um, so I think that's one that I'd hold on to. It would be interesting to see if by the end of the year I could potentially hold all eight original draft picks in the first round. That would be quite a challenge to see if I could score to actually have all eight in one team. Um, I'd still come last, but that's fine. I could give away everything else to get there. Um, that would be a challenge. But yeah, I think straight swap forward line, forward line, that would be an interesting one. Um, I guess it comes down to how strong your mids are and whether you can carry particular potentially just one scoring forward to have strong mids. While I don't think my mids are bad, it's very risk fraught. That's the problem with me. And I said that at the start. So I need to have the ability to rotate them, which I don't really at the moment, particularly with Bondia out this week and Fennell's carrying a lot of risk with rotation as well. So I think Rafinha is relatively safe. Sterling is going to score points. It's just how many minutes he's going to get to do it. Um, Havertz, I've read, obviously you said as well, flu-like symptoms. Hopefully he's okay and he's not out for two weeks um i think hopefully he'll keep playing but especially now with lukaku potentially carrying an injury as well well interesting you should say that with the issues with your team mick um because Ooh. my final offer was <laughs> an entire 15 man squad swap oh oh okay look at that mick hold on wow the issue now is i said your luck has to change <laughs> And now I'd be turning around and being like, I'll take that luck (laughs) about to change team. So there's no, there's no win in that. (laughs) You you almost needed to give me a heads up so I could not shoot myself in the mouth. (laughs) Well, I mean, just throwing the cat amongst the pigeons there. So you've got the number one one player in the league currently offering you his entire squad for yours. He's up there for a reason. He's up there for a reason. Mostly Fernandez in that first game, but he's up there for a reason. <laughs> it is an interesting one. And I'll, I'll definitely look at that before, I think it's Thursday night when the last ones go through. <laughs> Initial thoughts? Um, I actually don't know which one I'd prefer. Ooh. That's That is an interesting one. I. That's a bit of a slap <sighs> in the face, Gilby, considering you're coming first at the moment, mate. Well, just seeing, just seeing, testing the waters with uh, some offers here, just to see what um, what Mick wants to do. I, to to be honest, I still think I'd be looking more at the straightforward swap than I would be at anything else. I, I look at individually. I look at the point scoring ability of, say, defenders, and yes, Gilby's got good teams, but Dyer, Suyuncu, and Tarkovsky, set pieces maybe, but aren't going to get points as often as say a Kufal who's going to get assists, um, or should in theory get assists. But then I look at mine, I've got Tierney, Luke Shaw, um, definitely two of the more attacking left-backs in the league. Um, yes, I've got Pinnock and Perot, and Perot got dropped last game for Livermento and Walker-Peters. Um, and then Davison Sanchez is effectively a straight swap for Eric Dyer, with the exception of Romero and who Romero, he comes yeah. in for, which will be an interesting one. Um, but that's, uh, I guess we're both sitting on that risk, and that really doesn't change either way. But I like my defenders. I wouldn't actually change them that much. And I think, let's face it, Arsenal can only get better. They can't get any worse. And Tierney's the best of a bad bunch. So 
Hopefully he can score some points. I don't see Shaw getting dropped anytime soon. Pinnock and Perot for me are very rotatable. Um, Tottenham's a very safe defensive team. My mids are full of upside. Yes, there's downside as well, but if they all fire, I've, I'm okay with where I am. So I think at this stage, Ronaldo's <laughs> going to sit pretty leading the line. Um, and my number one Next and number two picks are going to be even better. <laughs> I just, I'll have to come up with some more interesting offers for you for next week's podcast they're definitely interesting I'll give them that I didn't expect those so I mean mm-hmm. the, the, the two player for player ones yep that's pretty much where I was expecting uh, but yeah the, the full swap and the full forward lines that's um, yeah that's that's something Gilby I just love the commitment in that you're like if you want to go with one of these trades and actually offer it um the commitment you're showing by having to make all of those mouse clicks to make that trade happen. I think that commitment is just beautiful. Wonderful. Well, there's only one CR7, so I mean, the chance to have him in my team doesn't come around too often. Hey, the chance for you to have a whole new team doesn't come around often. Look, if if we never make the trade and I hold him for the end of the year and you have a runaway leader and you can't lose, maybe I'll give him to you for the last round just to have him. Just to have him for one round, but only when it's gone and I'm not wooden spoon and I'm not got that title and it's everything safe. Maybe then. Well, in the last round, I'll give you my top scorer out of either Antonio or DCL for Ronaldo. <laughs> Assuming we still have him there, obviously without mid-season draft, who knows? Yes, true. Because Ronaldo could be injured, for example, long term, and you might decide, oh, we'll get rid of him. But yeah. Be really interesting to see if that plays out. Really, really good uh, offers there, Gilby. Um, I've just had a quick look as well. So cool. Bruno's minutes for last year, 4,500. And I said Ronaldo's was 3,007. Um, but a lot of that is the extra nine European League games, Europa League. So mm-hmm. both teams played six Champions League. Man, you obviously dropped down to Europa, played nine more games. You take those 750 out and you're pretty much minute for minute identical so very very similar minutes just obviously one extra competition there so I, I don't think you I wouldn't expect yes he's another year older but I don't expect Ronaldo's minutes to really suffer too much all right so while while over the course of these next few days Mick decides whether he wants to get rid of Ronaldo or not which you know let's face it you, you've got to have him for one week Mick surely come on um let's quickly I just want to ask that you guys each the same question, and I'll answer it too. Um, and just have a, a, a quick little answer, maybe a few details here and there. Gilby, are you thinking of uh, picking up any waivers, any free agents? Does your team need a bit of rearranging? Which way are you going? Are you happy to divulge some information? Where are, where are you at with that? Yeah, no, I'm happy to divulge a bit of information because the ways I'm looking, I have several options. So even if the amongst the five listeners we had last week are all the other managers in our league. That still means there will still be at least a couple <laughs> other players for me. So we shall Fingers see. Crossed. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm mainly looking at my defence uh, that Mick's already identified. Um, basically, I planned. Well, I hadn't planned it originally this way, but the way our draft went, my defence is now more or less all rotatable players. So I'm really looking at taking advantage of the fixtures and looking at bringing in um, Everton and Wolves defenders um, is what I'm looking at. So at the moment, out of the options for Wolves, you've got Sace, Markal and Kilman who all start. Um, so happy with any of those. I see Dan has Semedo, 
um, that would have been a nice one to have. So that'll be interesting to see if he comes along. And out of Everton, um, Coleman picked up a bit of an injury. Um, but, did, yeah. I mean, yep, uh, Godfrey is potentially still injured coming back. Michael Keane, I've uh, potentially got on my list as well. So I'm looking really, as I will be all season, at rotating my defense for the fixtures. Okay. You've literally just named three of the nine players on my watch list. So I'm glad that I'm on the right page here somewhere. Um, yeah. I'm glad there's obviously, I must be doing something right. I must just not be getting onto it early enough. <laughs> uh, the Mick comeback is on. The Mick comeback is on. Okay, so if that's your watch list, Mick, um, is there anything Is there anything you're considering doing? Considering, you know, uh, you're just hoping that Nathan doesn't snake Ronaldo from you. But other than that, free agents-wise, what, what are you maybe looking at doing? I think pretty much everyone that I've looked at, or mentioned so far is what I'm looking at. So, yeah, same thing. Wolves defender, Mark Alsace, I've got there as well. Samato, I've done the same thing. I've even had a quick look to see, okay, what could I offer to potentially get him from Dan? Unfortunately, I don't think there's a whole lot I can do, so I don't think that's going to be happening. Do you have any Chelsea um, players? I don't, unfortunately. Oh, I did have Chilwell, but um, yeah, that's not going to happen. Bring some, bring in um, a Chelsea player and see if you can trade. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll unfortunately, again. Dan's already got two Chelsea backs, so it's not going to get another one. Uh, you never um, know. With, with that as well, I've got, I've actually got two West Ham defenders down there. So Dawson and Zuma. I've just highlighted Zuma. Mm. Probably not for this week, but for a future week. Now with Zuma going there, Dawson's value maybe drops a little bit, so it's hard to see where that one goes. Um, Seamus Coleman I had written down there so but obviously with that injury having come through unlikely now um, there's three other players and three mids now that I haven't mentioned yet that one I've mentioned today so Lees Malou um, for Norwich with potential fixtures he's one that I've had kind of sitting there for a while mainly when Norwich come into some really good fixtures which I think is about to happen when they've shown some real promise Maybe I'll have a look at that, um, but he's kind of just sitting there at the moment. Probably won't move for him this week, mainly because I don't know if I want to drop anyone. Um, another one is Trinkau, who I guess Gilby's already mentioned as well. The same issue here, though, is they've got Pedence coming back in. They've got, obviously, Traore on the other side, um, and then uh, Chen Huang, was it? I think it was, um, coming in as well. So a lot of risk now with him as well. The last one is probably the one I'm looking the most at. Um, uh, there's actually two more, sorry. Damari Gray for Everton, has been very, very good so far this year. Um, so looking at possibly finding a way to fit him in, um, I guess for me, I look at my team and Havertz, Sterling, or Rafinha are pretty much locks unless one of them gets injured. I'm not going to really be dropping them. So it's between Fornells and Buendia. Buendia is the obvious one with him not being in this week. I just need to decide, is it better to pick up one guy for one week and drop Buendia and not get him back? Um, I guess it really depends what other options are out there. Villa have um, poor look, fixtures as well, so yeah. So there may not well, be too much risk this of week as well. him going to someone else. Yeah, and the last one um, actually comes from a bit of, I guess, uh, thought after last week's pod. Um, I think it was actually something Gilby mentioned, and that's uh, picking up the guy that I dropped. Now, I can say that here because you two don't have the chance before I do. Um, but I think it's actually probably a solid chance that Nathan picks him up first. Um, Ollie Watkins, having a look at maybe having a crack at getting him back in um, and having him as, a, I guess, a rotation, then maybe with Wood, Watkins and Ronaldo having three forwards, then I can pretty much set and forget Ronaldo as my front and then know I've got someone coming in that's going to play. So looking at that one as well there is always Dennis as well from Watford but Watford just really haven't set the world on light in terms of yes you'll play you'll get two points you'll get in the goal here or there but I don't think that's really a likelihood of him 
starting and getting big points for me. So there, there are a few of the players I'm looking at. Um, there may have been one more I looked at as well that I put in for. No, it was just Watkins. That was the one. So, yeah, I think that, that they're the guys I'm looking at at the moment. Well, not a lot of people in the main game looking at bringing in Lookman, who's a new addition to Leicester. Um, so that's one, again, I'm not prepared to take a risk on yet, given the abundance of options they have in that similar role. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, if we're looking at, like, value options a bit more longer term, um, definitely watching Saka and Greenwood. Um, I know Dave's dropped Saka at the moment, but if Arsenal do manage to turn around, the only reason I haven't gone for Saka is because I've got Aubameyang, and I'm not sure I can tolerate having more than one Arsenal player at the moment. <laughs> um, so that's something I'm going to watch. And Greenwood is obviously your guy, Isaac, that you dropped last yep. time. So... Given that he scored goals a lot recently, I'm sorely, sorely tempted. Um, as am I, to be fair. <laughs> I'm thinking about bringing a player I've already dropped as well. So he's he's on my. I've got I've got quite a few people on my watch list. Is 35 too many in the watch list? I don't know. I've never used this watch list before, so I'm. <laughs> I've I'm got sw- 27. Okay, there we go. Okay, right. my so, 10 looks like nothing now, doesn't no. it? No, well. I'm sort of, I've got a whole bunch of people in there, people who are in other teams, people who, you know, I, I think might have good fixtures coming up. So I, I'm just sort of covering a fair few bases. I haven't really got a massive plan for my watch this other than it's just a nice way to see players who I think will score points and how they're going. Um, for me, I've got a few issues in my squad. So at the moment, Ian Archo isn't playing, which depresses me some because he was so good last year. Um, I'm hoping he gets a chance, uh, although they have a pretty tough fixture this week. Um, so I've got a forward who are potentially, you know, I could bring in someone like a Watkins, but I've got Ings in that same team. You know, uh, don't know if that's the best play or not, but, you know, the, the forward depth isn't that fantastic at the moment. Um, uh, Midfield-wise, I did my week early on Traore, so I've got him in my team now, which is good. So I tried to square that up. Um, I've got Barnes to worry about, really. Um, Torres, for the time being, is nailed on. So Barnes, for me, is my biggest issue probably at the moment as well with Iacho. Um So I'm looking at some midfield options there. A lot of them have been spoken about already. So people like um, your Gray, people like... Um, who else was spoken about? Um, oh, one here that wasn't spoken about. I've got people like Gross. I've got people like Decore, who's from Everton. Everton are a good shout at the moment with their fixtures. Um, you know, would you be looking at Trossard playing out of position up front? Look, potentially, um, he could be one to look at. Uh, you know, Brighton have been looking pretty good, pretty decent so far this time around. Um, you know, so I mean, I've got to bring probably someone in this week around that i've just really got to decide who I, I i honestly don't know i'll have to do a bit more digging and just sort of see how we how, how it looks moving forward but um i think that that's probably my midfield is, is my biggest issue given that i you know if if i've got five decent midfielders i'm probably likely to you know play all of them if i can if i think they've got good fixtures um so yeah we'll we'll wait and see what that looks like but um, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. But that's all right. We'll, we'll get there. I'll figure something out. But yeah, we'll figure something out. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not sure 
what's happening right this very second. But I think it's probably best, given we've had a bit of a chat with the waiver, to quickly look at game week four. So Gilby, are you keen to do that with me? Yep, I'm in. Lovely. So game week four wise, let's have a quick look. What fixtures have we got? We've got Palace Spurs, which uh, I'm a Palace fan. Nathan, who is in our league, is a Spurs fan. So he's actually going to come over or we're going to get together and watch that game together because that's the early one for us on Saturday evening. Um, We've got Arsenal Norwich. We've got Brentford Brighton. Leicester Man City. Man United Newcastle. Southampton West Ham. Watford Wolves. Chelsea Aston Villa. Uh, Leeds, Liverpool, and Everton, Burnley. So some pretty good games in there. Um, look, this is usually where we get Mick on board to give his um, mix mega magical multi. Uh, but he has ducked out for a second. So, Gilby, let's go to you. What What is your pick of those particular games? Where are you thinking all of the fantasy points are going to be coming from? Look, uh, along with maybe a few other people, um, we're all holding out hope that, well, (laughs) if Arsenal are going to make something of themselves, it kind of has to be very soon. So Arsenal Norwich, um, I mean, in in mixed spirit, I'll make a big prediction and go Arsenal 5, Norwich 0, with Aubameyang scoring all five goals. Wow. That is a huge prediction. Uh, No self-interest in there whatsoever. No. I'm worried considering you've just offered your entire squad to Mick as well. But, you know, obviously, maybe this is why they were only hypothetical because you're you're considering uh, that five goals from Aubameyang. So, look, Gilby has gone with (laughs) Arsenal, Norwich. What a game. What a game. That's going to be interesting. Both bottom of the league. Uh, I don't know if Mick would have gone for that as his mega magical multi pick of the round, but Mick, would that have been your choice or are you thinking there's another better game for uh, bulk fantasy points? And we want a bold prediction, obviously. Gilby's given a bold prediction, 5-0, all goals scored by Aubameyang. That's his bold prediction. Bold prediction, bottom of the ladder, winning a game by five. That's a pretty bold prediction. Hey, they, they want to get there. their goal difference back to a, a reasonable level, obviously. Um, have you put one out yet yourself, Isaac? Maybe I haven't. Was... Would you like me to? Okay. No, well, I mean, I assume you're probably going to mention the Palace game yourself. I, I just mentioned that uh, myself and Nathan, we're going to get together and watch that one together because it's the early game on Saturday. Um, yeah, nice. So that'll be fun. Um, and I'll be, I've already predicted with him that it's going to be a 1-0 win to Palace. Uh, oh, keeping nice. with the theme of 1-0 that, that Tottenham have gone with so far this season, but I just think Palace yeah. will get the one up on them. You know, just just how I feel. I mean, it, it's hard for me not to go with the Man U Newcastle game, hoping that Ronaldo might, you know, come out and score hat-trick of penalties. That would really just rub it in for Bruno, wouldn't it? Well, I, I would actually love it, but I, I don't know I think know it'll be Ronaldo devastating for you, play. particularly when you transfer out your entire squad for Gilby's. <laughs> Um, but in terms of match of the round well I don't actually really know yet there's it's hard to with a few of the internationals and players not being available I I look at a game like Chelsea Villa 
mm. saying that could be a decent round, but you're missing Buendia, you're missing um, Emi Martinez from Villa. So I think Chelsea should win that relatively well. Um, Leeds-Liverpool should be a pretty strong game. Um, I still think Liverpool will be too good there. Um, Leicester-Man City, I think Man City will win that relatively comfortably. I don't think Leicester, apart from Jamie Vardy um, and Ricardo Pereira, who did go off injured, I'm pretty sure, um, in the last game after getting an assist. So I don't think there'll be too much there. So I think City will win that one pretty easily. So I think maybe a bold prediction, as much as I may not want to, based on Traore, but maybe we'll go a, a Wolves win. And Dave's not here, so let's rub it into Watford. So Wolves mm. win. Wolves big win over Watford. Let's go 3-0. Three, three wow. 3-0 Wolves win. Um, Traore to score any time. And... I don't know if I want to go. Uh, no, nah, I have to. Let's go first goal score. Let's go. It, it's it's a mega, it's a magic mega multi. So, first score, first goal scorer, Traore, three 0 win over Watford, at Watford. Wow. Mix mega magic multi never disappoints. And have you got the odds on that? I do. I can bring it up quickly, well, but I'll, I'll do my I'll what, do my selection. You you. What I can't wait for is for Dave to listen to this after he's not here today. And just to get an abusive text message from him. I just can't wait. And I will, maybe I'll screenshot that and then we can post it on our socials. I think that'd be a great thing to put on. He might rock up on your door again randomly just to abuse you. Who knows? I'm not sure if we've told that story yet, but we'll, we'll get there at some point. Um, good shout. I, I hope you're right too, for my sake. That'd be lovely. Um, look, I look at these, obviously I'm biased towards the Crystal Palace Spurs game, but that... that I think that would just be a bit uh, too predictable for me to say that's where all the fantasy points are going to come from, considering uh, Spurs have tended to try and hang on to 1-0 wins so far this season. Um, I'm looking at a game like, you mentioned it, but I'm looking at a game like Chelsea-Aston Villa, and I think there's going to be all sorts of things going on there, considering Villa are missing a, a few players and... You know, hopefully Lukaku is fit for that particular game because he could just run right. Um, that that's an interesting one to me. The Leeds Liverpool one, both really attacking teams, is another interesting one for me. I think out of everything I see here, my game is probably going to be that Chelsea Aston Villa. I think Chelsea are just dominant this year, and I think they're going to score a ton of goals in that particular game. So I'm I'm going with a four nil win for Chelsea. V Aston Villa, um, my man Ings just isn't going to get in the score sheet, which depresses me some. But uh, you never know; he might just have a one shot on goal again, uh, another bicycle, and be able to pull it off and get some points. But I just think Chelsea are going to run right in that game. I think Lukaku is going to cause some massive damage, and and I think that that could um, that could cause a few people some worries in the normal fantasy game, given that you know everyone's oh, a lot of people are jumping onto Ronaldo when uh, you know Lukaku's a pretty decent option and is going to, I think, have a pretty good game there if he plays. So that's my particular pick. Um, well, I mean, I saw that Lukaku, uh, the same article I was reading that was analysing it, um, if you took Serie A last season and put their uh, statistics from Serie A into the Premier League fantasy points system, uh, Lukaku outscores Ronaldo by 30 points. Oof. So, I mean... A lot of people at the moment are saying that they're going to go for Ronaldo now because Manchester United have their fixtures. Um, but at the moment, the collective wisdom seems to be Ronaldo for week four to six, 
and then Lukaku from week seven onwards. Mm. Hey, I think Gilby, maybe you're trading with the wrong person. Maybe you need to hit up Dan and try and uh, weasel your way in there. I don't know. I don't know if it's a full squad trade that you know you can you can pull off with Dan, but uh, maybe maybe you're on the wrong track. I don't know. Well, I know for both our sakes, and I know for what the interesting one is, even if you're in the UK, you won't be able to watch Ronaldo if he does play for Newcastle. You won't be able to watch him live because nobody actually wanted the TV rights in the UK to Manchester United host in Newcastle. So if you're in the UK, unless you're seeing it live, you have to wait for the highlights. So we might actually be some of the first people in the world to see Ronaldo play for Newcastle. Wow. So, Yeah. Yep, nobody wanted Manchester United Newcastle in the UK. So, yeah, unless you're seeing it live, I see. I heard somebody saying there was they were trying to sell resell tickets to the match for twenty five hundred dollars. So, yeah, whether or not someone would be prepared to pay that, and you'd be pretty pissed if he just sits on the bench for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could well happen. Ooh, Mick, Mick would be really pissed then too. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Well, guys, I think that's a pretty good wrap-up. A lot of interesting discussion there. I'd be interested to see how the league goes this particular week. Um, Mick, I hope for Just your quickly, sake, Ronaldo... Magic Multi. Play. Oh, yes. The Magic Multi, 111 to 1. Ooh. So, for wow. a 3-0 win, first goal scorer, Traore, 111 to 1. I'm happy to take just a 10% cut to anyone that goes on it and wins, so... You're not just going to throw a few sneaky dollars on it? I I might. We'll see. I might. (laughs) My uh, lack of success means the funds in that account are a little low at the moment. Um, (laughs) But, hey, after this week, I'll be flush for the rest of the year. Hey, sounds good. I love it. All righty. Guys, it was was fantastic chatting with you. Obviously, uh, hopefully we'll have Dave back with us next time uh, and we'll get into dissecting game week four and having some more predictions in game week five and hopefully... um, uh, Gilby's lead is, is cut again we'll have to wait and see so thank you guys uh, we will catch everyone next time see you everyone cheers boys see you later